0: You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. You cannot use the Grammys as a
1: viable reason, because Jethro Tull beat Metallica in 89, so right from that point we knew the Grammys meant absolutely nothing. (laughs)
0: And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, Brazilian Thai. Another week in the books, man. (laughs) The season's winding to a close. I was sitting there and I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, kind of sad. You know, on one hand, I'm happy. Uh, You know, great cups rolling around. That's always a great time. But then it all just comes to an end. And you're, I don't know about you, I got an empty spot in my heart for like, feels like 12 months. But a lot more free time. Yeah, uh, you know what? That's true. (laughs) Until, you know, the CBA stuff comes up and the free agency starts. (laughs) And there there is no free time. But I got to ask you, I just got back from the grocery store. And Mm -hmm. I know you don't have the luxury of going to the grocery store in, uh, what is it, Morton, Manitoba on a Sunday. But (laughs) on the shelves, man, it's not, it's what, October 1 and... There's eggnog on the shelves. Do you partake in the eggnog, sir? No. I don't do anything Christmas-related until November 12th. Now, this sounds kind of crazy to me, but do you like eggnog at all? No. I have never had it. I, I'm not even willing to try it. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> the, no, the concept no. of it to me is disgusting.
1: Yeah, you, know, you know what goes really good with rye? Anything but eggnog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click CFLFantasy.tsn.ca. Enough of talking about it. There has to be consequences. And Pick'em.cfl.ca. Ooh, and you know what? We had three blowouts and a close one this week. We start with Calgary. Taking on Toronto at McMahon Stadium. Calgary ends up winning 38-16. That means the Argos have lost five in a row. But early in the game, the Argos were really hanging in there. And Mm -hmm. uh, it was because James Wilder Jr. And James Wilder didn't really get all that much done. He had uh, four catches on five targets for 18 yards and six rushes for 26 yards. But when he's in there the defense has to respect to run. And he, he hasn't had the most successful season, but he's still tough to tackle. And you do have to respect that part of the Argos offense. They had a real nice drive in the first quarter, scored a touchdown, and it basically all, all went downhill for Toronto after that.
1: Well, he when he's in the lineup, like you said, the defense has to has to respect, and they have to account for that possibility of a run. However, with Tressman this year, they haven't done that they haven't given him the ball very often so a team that you know is willing to maybe not necessarily neglect James Waller Jr. but maybe take a chance and cover the run or sorry cover the pass a little more could have a little bit more uh success that being said you know 10 touches for just under 46 yards and he got hurt so now you just know the defense can tee off on on McLeod Bethel Thompson and it's not even a question
0: it, uh, it also looked like it contributed to Dexter McCluster's early success in the game mm-hmm. because he brings a completely different element to the Argo offense. And he had six catches on seven targets for 46 yards, four rushes for 27 yards in his CFL debut. But once Wilder was out there, the, McCluster really couldn't get anything going there. Even when he comes over to the CFL, He's extremely, extremely small, so b- between the tackles, mm-hmm. nothing was going to get done with McCluster there, but if he does stick around up here, I could see uh, some good things coming from him in the future. The only
1: thing that worries me with Dexter McCluster is, like you said, the size, and, and the defensive ends in this league are so quick. They are. Um, you know, th- they are able to get contained on, on plays like that, uh, you know, it. Might you might catch him off guard, you know, early in a game, the first couple times, but after that, they're going to be they're going to catch on real quick. So, uh, you know, use them sparingly and and make sure you're not running the same play over and over again, which we have seen coaches try to do with, you know, special packages for a player. But uh, like he's going to be relying a lot on on yards after the catch. I think if they can get him the ball in short yardage and, and the return game, I think he could be pretty explosive.
0: The Stampeders ended up clinching a playoff spot in this one, 14 seasons in a row, but in the process, they lose another receiver. Reggie Bagleton goes down with a broken arm, and he is done for the season. This means, holy man, Kamara Jordan, DeVaris Daniels, now Reggie Bagleton. I'm assuming that Eric Rogers is going to be back next week, and that is going to be big for Bull Levi Mitchell and the Stampeders offense, because Rogers was at practice. All week long, um, but there just there wasn't that much experience in the receiving core. And Bo was overthrowing guys. Some of it did look like it was miscommunication with uh, the receivers because the the lack of experience there. But Bo still able to get the two touchdowns and three hundred yards. I'm thinking it's between him and Mazzoli for mop at this point. I think that's a
1: very good. Good point. Uh, I, I totally agree. Uh, I said it a couple weeks ago that I would put Bo Levi ahead of Mike Riley based solely on the fact that he has nobody to throw the ball to, and, and he's making he's making guys into receivers, into elite
0: receivers in this league. And we're seeing what's happening with Mike Riley when he's got nobody to throw to now that Mike uh, mm-hmm. or now that uh, Walker and Williams are out. We will get to that game, but in this one, anytime Toronto got momentum, they took a penalty. Uh, the Stamps had three penalties for 16 yards, Toronto 12 for 129. So that just goes to show you what kind of teams we're looking at right here. And I don't know if we've seen this kind of undisciplined stuff from a Mark Trestman team ever. They got to be frustrated.
1: <laughs> and, and, and I think the inexperience of, of McLeod Bethel Thompson was showing with you know the amount of Time count violations they took. Yeah, yeah. And, and and stuff like that. It's just needless penalties. It's not so much, you know, doing something in a game, it's just not managing the game properly at that point.
0: As far as fantasy performers this week goes, it's basically the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And I, I'm yeah. pretty sure you would probably prefer not to talk about your team. <laughs> Hey, you didn't do much better, so don't even Oh start dude, it. I did not. I don't want to talk about my team either. It was well, absolutely we don't have-
1: abysmal. <laughs> We don't have to. It's our show. We can do what we want.
0: (laughs) Okay, nice. So Mark and Michelle in this one, he had three catches on six targets for 35 yards, the touchdown, and he had actually one carry for 36 yards and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So Michelle steps out. uh, Breskison steps up, five catches on six targets for 64 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Julon Lynch, he had the two catches for 62 yards. And Markeith Ambles makes his CFL debut with 69 yards. So these guys, while they're not experienced, they're still able to contribute. And that just goes to show you uh, what John Hofnagel has done in his mm-hmm. decade with the Stampeders. It's incredible. They, they continue to find guys that get out there and contribute on the team in whatever way they can. But it's just so sad that Reggie Bagleton waits so long. And it's been a few years uh, that he's mm-hmm. been waiting for his opportunity on that team. And he gets hurt on special teams.
1: And I I started thinking about this, you know, and they even mentioned on the broadcast too. And it's kind of what got me thinking about it. But it's only a forty-six man roster. It is. It's not big, right? So if you are if you are a starter, there is a chance, you know, or not even necessarily a starter. But if you, especially for receivers, I mean, you're, there's a good chance you're going to be playing special teams. in The NFL, you got a bigger roster, and you know, you put one less guy on the field. So I mean, you're going to have guys that are playing important roles that have to play specials, and you know it's an extra play that you know is kind of needless for them to be on, but at the same time they have to be because you don't have the depth uh, at other positions to, to be able to fill out, <laughs> fill out a return team or a cover team. So it kind of sucks that way, but. I mean, it is what it is. It's football. Um, And like you said, he waited so long. He he bided his time. When he got the opportunities, he seemed to perform, and and now he just goes down with a broken arm and is done for the year. And the the injuries just keep piling up for Calgary. And any other team, it seems, would have faltered by this point. Uh, But they just keep on ticking.
0: And I guess uh, here's what I'm thinking, maybe why he was playing specials, because there were times this season when he wasn't – Uh, you know, necessarily in the starting offense, or Mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't getting the targets, so he was playing special teams, and he might have been one of the only receivers that had experience on specials, so they threw him out there to contribute there, and uh, it it was just one of those things that, uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, I'm sure he'll be back. I think he's a a beast, and there are some... uh, there are some good times in his future for Reggie Bagleton. As for Toronto, I mean, basically covered it. Daron Dur- Carter, he was pouting a little bit. Two catches on four targets for 17 yards. Uh, S.J. Green continues to be the leader, though. Four catches on mm-hmm. eight targets for 68 yards. He had an absolutely incredible uh, catch in the first half. So a week ago, he left the game with a uh, sore back and it looked like it was bugging him a little bit in this one as well but he's clearly i think the leader of that team uh and we'll see how much longer he has i hope i hope to watch him play for a few more years but it's uh, it's kind of sad the way this season has gone for him and the argos
1: yeah and you know like coming off that a huge huge breakup win on an upset yeah uh, you know it, it seems like you know, not a, not a terrible game against Saskatchewan. Really tough to win in Saskatchewan, especially during the year. You know, and it just seems like oh, I'll bounce back, and then Ray, Ray gets hurt against Calgary, and this season just goes downhill from there. Uh, you know, the huge emotional win over over Ottawa in overtime, or last second win over Ottawa with the Armani Edwards catch. You know, a couple bright spots here and there. Bethel Thompson looks good in a couple games, but it they're just playing out the year at this point. But I mean, he's still making plays. That catch in the. In the second quarter, yeah. that he made was unbelievable, and it shows you just how much of a pro he is that he's he's still willing to lay out, knowing that you know the, the season's out of hand more or less, but he's still
0: willing to lay out and make plays for his team. Do you think they're going to go back to James Franklin for the next game, uh, Macbeth? He goes thirty-one of forty-five for two seventy-three with an interception. So, I mean, it wasn't horrible but uh, what we're uh, we're at a number of losses in a row here uh 5 in a row um maybe you got to see what you have with James Franklin now
1: uh yeah uh that's not a terrible idea i mean you got to decide you're going to have to make a decision for next year uh whether it's going to whether you're going to stick with with Bethel Thompson or you're going to go with with James Franklin um it, it, they've proven they can keep both of them on this roster and be a successful football team uh, at points, um, but uh, if you're going to have a competition in camp next year, then you got to give them both some playing time and let mm-hmm. them get into this offense because what are you going to learn in preseason from a guy playing three quarters maybe if James Franklin gets in for that? So see what you got. They gave him a little bit of a chance here, and he faltered in it, but let him play some. It, even if you're splitting time now, you can treat it as an as extension of training camp for next year.
0: We had a doubleheader on Saturday, and wow, two blowouts. If you want to combine the scores, it was seventy to thirteen. But we started Tim Hortons Field. Hamilton walks all over BC, forty to ten. And there was this video. It came out on Friday that the BC Lions were dancing on the Tiger Cats logo at midfield. And I don't know about you. On the surface, I kind of thought, ah. No big deal. <laughs> this doesn't really matter. The Lions mm-hmm. are on a roll. They're having fun at the walkthrough. Uh, and I don't think that usually happens at the opposing field or the the opposing team's field, uh, the, the walkthrough the day before the game, but it did. Uh, and you know what? I kind of thought it wasn't going to matter, but – the tie cats—they sure thought it mattered, and look what it did to them. They—it ha- it lit a fire right under their ass. they—they
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they used it simply as bulletin board material. Cause well, and it worked. It, I, it, it worked. <laughs> Granted, I'll give them that, but there is no basis for their complaint. I don't think. If you don't want people walking on your logo, don't put it on the ground. It's like in a dressing room for hockey. The logo is always on the ground, and, and you get in, you get yelled at for stepping on it and stuff like that. It's like, well, then why is it on the ground? Put it on the wall. Put it on the ceiling. Put it somewhere else. Um, and it's at center. It's at it's at midfield.
0: Which, they play man, on it. a team
1: where <laughs> yeah, at, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but it's at midfield where a team is going to congregate. Uh, you know, especially during their walk walk through, you know, they're going to break, break it down, they're going to do all that stuff and they're going to do it at center, it's just weird not doing it there or doing it, you know, at an, in an end zone, so it just happened to be there I don't think they meant anything by it, and if they did then it completely backfired on them but, you know, Brandon Banks after the game, nobody cares, it's not that big of a deal, I, I don't think, I, I think it's stupid, if you don't want people walking on it, don't put it on the floor or on the ground
0: uh, I thought they had good moves though
1: Oh, yeah, like I mean, it looked like me at the wedding, right? <laughs>
0: You're a good two-stepper. I don't know about your other <laughs> your other moves, though.
1: Oh, well, I was busy running the music after one of the ants screwed it all up, so I didn't get to dance too much. <laughs> now, I, I, did, I, didn't want, see- I didn't want everybody's wives to leave them because I was on the dance floor, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think I have to worry too much about that one. Um, <laughs> no, she hates me <laughs> now, uh, when you see the score, you thought you th- kind of think, Wow, uh, Hamilton must have lit up b c but Mazzoli. He only threw for 189 yards, but, I mean, there were three touchdowns in there. Brandon Banks Mm -hmm. had himself two touchdowns, uh, nine catches on 10 targets for 79 yards. So he backed up his pregame trash talk, his mid-game trash talk. Uh, Luke Tasker had two catches on three targets for 43 and a touchdown. And Mike Jones stays involved with 51 yards receiving. But I thought... John White had a great game, Uh, 14.7 fantasy points because he didn't get the touchdown, but 15 carries on 108 yards, and he looked real explosive, like he did Mm -hmm. with Edmonton in his breakout years, and there was a cut there in the second half where he made Anthony Orange... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look like a goof on that play. John White is back, and I think the Tie Cats are fine with him as their running back the rest of the season.
1: I, I think you're completely right. Uh, you know, if he p- keeps producing like this, there is no reason why they shouldn't be a shoe in to go to the Grey Cup. Um, you know, it, you got John White in the backfield. Jeremiah Masoli is able to scramble out. You know, there's two guys you got to respect in the running game, and they still got Banks Tasker Jones. Um, you know, starting to spread it out a little bit more with Mike Jones getting more involved and, and you know, John White being able to take some carries and, and three catches, only nine yards. But, I mean, still giving solely an option on the backfield. Um, yeah, it, it's not that big of a drop-off from Alex Green, if at all. Uh, so this it, it
0: bodes very well for the Hamilton Tiger Cats moving on. And those two games in the next few weeks with Hamilton and Ottawa are going to be mm-hmm. intense games. They're going to be a lot of fun. I, I guess we should... Talk about B.C. Jonathan Jennings, Ugh. 17 of 25 for 146 yards. But the three interceptions, 0.3 fantasy points. Uh, this is the week where you kind of had to pay for your quarterback, unless you took Zach Caleros, of course, uh, to have a successful uh, fantasy quarterback. Do not but-
1: start with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then again, uh Mike Riley was not worth the $14,000 either. Nope. Uh but Jonathan Jennings kind of looked Well, he didn't look good. Uh we we can say that. Uh but the, the Lions just didn't have the intensity to match the Tiger Cats. And and that's what it comes down to. The Tiger Cats wanted this one so (laughs) much more that the Lions just could not match that physicality. Uh, Right from the get-go here, uh, Jeremiah Johnson had three carries for six yards. Chris Rainey, he had himself four carries for 13 yards. He added five catches for 28 and 166 return yards. But your leading receiver is Devere Posey, four catches on eight targets for 29 yards. It was just, there was not many positives coming out of this game for the BC Lions, man. Yeah. I have two things. BC sucks on the road. They do. They're one and six. One and six.
1: Terrible, and and it's a three-hour time difference. So that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. going into Hamilton, if you're not going to give the ball to Jeremiah Johnson, cut him.
0: I, I kind of think point? that's what's going to happen.
1: Then uh, what are we waiting for? They, or, or why wouldn't they have traded him? And 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 you know, I, I get wanting to have him and Tyrell Sutton and Chris Rainey. No case of injury, or you know, you want to give spell him off, but. This is getting embarrassing for for Jeremiah Johnson. He gets three carries and six – he gets nine touches in a football game? Come on.
0: But he makes things happen when he touches the ball. Like, mm-hmm. Yep. And at this point of the season, I don't even know where he would be able to go. Um, so I, I don't think there's anything yeah. they can really do besides let him go and let him look for a job next season.
1: Or, you know, use him. Yeah. <laughs> Like it, it's stupid that it, like you, you you want you want to win football games. I know I know when you're down, it's hard to it's hard to commit to the run. Yep, and and, and stuff like that. But three rushes that no, not not for like. And if if you're gonna keep him around, which I think at this point they're they are all but done with Jeremiah Johnson. Uh, but if, if there was ever a chance they're gonna keep him around, they'd be given the ball. So I think it's pretty much written in stone that he's gone.
0: Well, at this point, just by the way they've utilized yeah. the run game for the last wow, we can almost put it at you know six games or so. Uh, who mm-hmm. says they're even going to give the ball to Sutton? Like, it, well, yeah, it, it 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 just seems like a like their 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 theory on offense or their philosophy that they really don't care about running the ball. No, and it,
1: and I don't want to put this on Wally Bono, but it's like Ken Austin two like let's just, you know, gunsling it. Hope for the best. We'll run if we absolutely have to. And if you're not going to commit to the run, teams are going to pin their ears back and come after your quarterback. And that's that's what Hamilton can do. They got a lot of speed on that defense.
0: And maybe maybe it was the game plan here because Peter Godber he started at center. He's a rookie. I think it's his only his second game. Mm-hmm. He got blown up a few times by uh, Ted Laurent. And there are some real real uh, menacing defensive tackles in this league. And you just look inside BC's division with Armando Sewell and Micah Johnson and Peter Godbur. He's going to have to get comfortable fast. <laughs> if he if he wants to block some of these guys. It's
1: Basically, figure it out or get out. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right. Trial by fire, you know, baby. <laughs>
1: yeah, if you're, if you're not going to perform, somebody else can do your job just as poor as you, that it's probably a little cheaper.
0: Yeah, that's totally true. Uh, but he comes in at the most intense part of the season. Uh, uh, yeah. What better it's, way it's to not learn, fair. Mr. God yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'd be like your first game in the NHL going up against Connor McDavid one-on-one. Yeah, no thanks.
0: Uh, good luck kid.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's my skate and my here's my skates and my stick I quit. <laughs>
0: Uh, Thank you to our friends at ATB Financial. They've actually launched a a new podcast. It's going to come out monthly. It's hosted by economist Nick Ford. The very first episode looks at uh, legalization of cannabis. This is going to be a big month Uh, as far as that goes all across Canada. They take a look at how it's going to uh, affect Alberta's economy through the lens of an Edmonton company hoping to enter the field. So it is all hosted by Nick Forward uh, your favorite podcast podcatcher. Search "We Are Alberta," the new uh, podcast from ATB Financial. We move to Edmonton, where oh, this has to be oh, this is an embarrassing performance from the Edmonton Eskimos. They are at home. Mm 30-3, to the Bombers absolutely destroy them, but let's uh, start here. Uh, Alessia Cara is announced as the performer for the Grey Cup halftime show. So, Brazilian tie, what side of the fence do you lie on here? Are you uh, a whiner? Are you uh, on the high road? Are you indifferent? What are you?
1: (laughs) I am indifferent because, to me, the halftime show does not really matter. Um, You know, they're sure it'd be if i knew who she was and knew her music it'd probably be a totally different story but hey i don't know so i'm gonna to go to west of us
0: you know the halftime show is the halftime show is for tv anyway exactly the it, it never sounds that good in the stadium and he, here's the no. thing if <laughs> the halftime show is never going to chase off a die-hard cfl fan and if it does good riddance Exactly. Nobody that, you know, has been buying season tickets for 25 years and has been going to great cups for 15 of them is going to suddenly stop going because of the halftime show.
1: But if you're going to pay if you're going to pay $300 for a, con- a three song concert in minus 30 you're an idiot,
0: <laughs> and you gambled by buying those tickets. What, maybe six months before it was even announced who was going to play halftime? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs>
0: But on the flip side of the coin it may bring some uh new eyes to the game. I'm sure some dads watching with their daughters will be happy uh to have her on the screen. My my wife's a fan of Alessia Cara. Um she's Canadian. She she has a brand new Grammy award under her belt.
1: Okay. Okay, you cannot use the Grammys as a viable reason, because Jethro Tull beat Metallica in 89, so right from that point, we knew the Grammys meant absolutely nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is a big deal, it, though. It, it still no, is a big not. deal. <laughs> hey, she didn't win in the heavy metal category. You're telling me Jethro
1: Tull deserved that That? No. Well she might have. She probably you can't could have played a Metallica
0: one. card against me, man. <laughs> that's not <fair.
1: laughs> of a five album all time and it loses a Jethro Tull. Give me a break.
0: <laughs> yeah, flute metal. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even a break. Yeah, know that 's was worst part,
1: but Lung. the <laughs> know that's the worst part. But on the of a little
0: bit of a little bit of a little I just don't know. You can't please everybody. I understand that. But... No. I, I, there are people legitimately saying that Helix should be playing the halftime show.
1: They might be dumber than the people that would buy Grey Cup tickets. Because <laughs> I ain't giving anybody an R.
0: <laughs> okay, I love Felix as much as the next guy, but... Please don't look yourself in the mirror. What but, but you you want a fifteen minute rendition of of rock? Hey, deep cuts the knife, man. <laughs> oh my god. Heavy metal love. <laughs> oh if the league got Helix for the halftime show Oh I'm j I am I can not I don't I have no words for that. My- My parents might go to the Grey Cup if that
1: happens. (laughs) And they hate being outside.
0: Edmonton falls to fourth and is in the crossover spot. They lose Duke Williams in the process. But in this game, Winnipeg just took advantage of the short field. All game mm-hmm. long. And they remain undefeated when they win the turnover battle, 7-0. and It's been Winnipeg's bread and butter. This has to be the third or fourth season. Uh, that When they make turnovers, they win games. And it all started with a blocked punt. And you know what? The windfall from that is that the Edmonton Eskimos fire Corey McDermott the day after this game. Special teams assistant Dave Jackson takes over. So, uh, man, they're tired of what's happening on their special teams, and I'm surprised it took this long. Um, they haven't been they haven't had a good
1: they haven't had a good return game since he got there.
0: And uh, judging by the way uh, Jason Moss has treated him on the sideline in the past, <laughs> huh.
1: the way Jason Moss <laughs> treats Gatorade bottles,
0: <laughs> or tries to, but the. If the first guy didn't block the punt, I think the second defender would have. Like, two guys got back there untouched. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah,
1: somebody's going to get axed, (laughs) especially especially after 33. I was talking to Andrew last week from from the Empire podcast, and we were just Talking about our fantasy teams and all this stuff, and he's like, "Wow, Winnipeg and Edmonton next week." Chalk that up as a loss, and I'm like, "Well, wow, let's just let's just pump the brakes here." Like Matt Nichols isn't a world beater. Well, turns out I was right about that, but you know, good <laughs> enough to beat the Eskimos.
0: <laughs> no, when's the last time you didn't see the home field home team kick off the ball once? That's zero a great kickoffs.
1: Question. <laughs> I've, I've seen the away team do it once, and that was in high school when. We beat Wainwright like seventy to nothing.
0: <laughs> Zero kickoffs. I, yeah, I, absolutely unbelievable. Here, let's go over uh, what Winnipeg did first. Matt Nichols has a uh, you know a Matt Nichols game, sixteen of twenty for one seventy nine with an interception. But he didn't have to do much. It that's the crazy the part about did it this. All. Yeah, uh, Andrew Harris four catches on four targets for 24 yards, 20 carries for only 73 yards and a touchdown. So the Eskimo defense, I know there's 30 points on the board. They were able to really limit what the mm-hmm. bomber offense did. The, the, the leading receiver drew Wallatarski, 51 yards. So the Eskimo defense did they did their job here. Um, shout out to, to Kevin point, yes. Fogg on the Bomber uh, defense. He has a pick six for seventy three yards, one fumble, force fumble, and a fumble recovery too. And he's he's got a contract up at the end of the year, so they're pretty uh, excited for what he's doing. But it's <laughs> so not ninety like... percent of the league. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's it's not like the Bombers like. Outplayed Edmonton. They were just competent. That's all they had to do. That's how bad the Eskimos were. (laughs) They're just competent. (laughs) Oh my god.
1: (laughs) Um, You mentioned though the Winnipeg had short fields all game long, so they're not going to put up uh, big numbers in the passing or rushing game. Um, You know those short fields tend to lead to, to higher point totals, and which we saw here. You know you're able to control. Helps you control the field position battle for sure, uh, you know. Matt Nichols, sixteen to twenty. Uh, I know I, I, I rag on him, but that you know, if he's not taking huge risks, granted he threw a pick, but if he's not taking huge risks and he's getting the job done, then whatever. Like I'm not saying being a game manager is a bad thing. I'm just saying that's what he is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and it wins football games.
0: Now uh, I guess talking about Edmonton here, the, the oh boy, the offense was embarrassing. <laughs> zero intensity uh mike riley goes 17 of 31 for 164 yards two interceptions he had seven carries for 41 rushing yards and he had the fumble his streak with at least one rushing or passing touchdown in a game ends at 42 games in a row it's absolutely remarkable that he had taken every offensive snap for this team mm-hmm. until the fourth quarter when Danny O'Brien came in and went three for four for 28 yards and in an the interception. But Mike Riley's not right on the interception in the first half. He took a shot and he came up in a lot of pain and he left the game in the fourth quarter in a lot of pain after taking another shot. So it looks like it could be a rib injury there. Um, He's not healthy, and they really Which need isn't to keep- a surprise to anybody. No, exactly. It's the way he plays. It's also mm-hmm. the protection in Edmonton as well, and they really need to keep him clean in Regina with those guys pinning their ears back.
1: Well, and this offensive line is the biggest offensive line in the league. They're huge. But they've been like Swiss cheese for the past couple weeks. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but like you said, they came out with no intensity, no urgency. Uh, you know, you you want you need to win this game to to keep pace with with Saskatchewan because you know um, that they have an opportunity to to, to pull away a little bit um, in the West and just come out flat at home. At, it, it there's no excuse for it. Um, I, I know Walker's hurt. And you know, the offense isn't clicking like it has been, but you gotta come up better than that. like you said, it was embarrassing.
0: CJ Gable had eleven carries for sixty four yards, um, in the first quarter. They're running the ball with Gable, getting, you know, ten yards a pop, and then they just abandoned it it it, mm-hmm. it it didn't make much sense as as far as receivers go in Edmonton Bryant Mitchell had six catches on 10 targets for 69 yards he is uh, the leading receiver for the Eskimos Martiz Jackson had 134 return yards he had one catch on two targets for six yards and anytime he had a, a nicer return there seemed to be, you know, an illegal block or a holding penalty as well, so. Uh- They didn't take many penalties, the Eskimos, but the ones that they did really lost them a a ton of field position. Mm -hmm. And I I do think Jake Ceresna on the Eskimos defense deserves a shout-out as well. He had five tackles, one for a loss, one sack, and he actually came over in the Odell trade to Ottawa, of course, before Odell was shipped to BC (laughs) from Ottawa, but he had himself a nice game. But the offense and things might go from... Bad to worse with Duke Williams. I, I think they're saying it's a collarbone injury. Uh, he fumbled the ball uh, before the injury on a different play, but he had two catches on four targets for thirty-seven yards. And if that injury keeps him out long term, which it looks like it might, it's not a good spot for that Eskimo offense right now.
1: No, definitely not. And and last year we saw guys go down, but they had the depth where you know guys like Bryant Mitchell would come in and, and, you know, light it up to a certain degree and, and get some get some touchdowns and yards. And this year, they don't have quite the same depth, with, especially with Zylstra and Bowman gone. And now guys like Brian Mitchell, who I would assume is going to be the number one receiver next week. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Vidal Hazelton, And, and for, like, it's a kind I, – I don't want to crap on the guys, but ap- after Brian Mitchell, it's – a little bit of a drop off to Hazleton, and after that, I mean, you're falling off a cliff.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, there's Stafford it, there, but that's about it, man. Yeah,
1: and, and if Riley's hurt and not at 100%, he's going to be really relying on receivers. And if he gets hurt, then it's going to be Kevin Glenn. and We don't know. Kevin Glenn hasn't thrown a football yet this year. Daniel O'Brien only threw four passes. Like, I don't know. Things could get a hell of a
0: lot worse before they get any better in Edmonton. And we're, we're sitting here 14 games in for the Eskimos. They are seven and seven, and mm-hmm. heading into this year. Hey, you know what? They could win the final four, and uh, they could go eleven and seven, which is a nice season. But when well, look at,
1: look at last year. Look at last
0: year. Started six and zero. Yeah, went to six and six. Finished twelve and, they- and six. <laughs> they were all over the place last year. Um, and you know what? At home, they've they've played well. Five and two on the road. Mm-hmm. They're two and five. So it's kind of a a uh, tale of, you know, different locations. Jekyll and are, Hyde. Yeah, for the Eskimos there as well. So going on the road might not be the best solution for this team mm-hmm. as they head to Regina. But as they're hosting the Grey Cup, they're sitting here 7-7. Seven and seven. This season so far has to be a disappointment for Eskimo fans. I, I would think so. Um, you know, tw-
1: 2015 brought a lot of expectations the following year. And the year after that, and they're still there. And then hosting the Grey Cup this year, oh, wow. uh, like, especially with Mike Riley and this offense, it just seemed like there was no stopping them. And then, you know, just some coaching mistakes, out, you know, by Jason Moss in a couple of games has costed them trips to the to the or a possibility of going to the Grey Cup, uh, stuff like that. The, the inability to be disciplined, uh, you know, just, and even when they are, they take penalties, which is every team's going to do, but just. Where in the where on the field to take them, and the timing has been really bad. It just, I don't know, everything just seems to be coming to a screeching halt for Edmonton. And injuries does have a lot to do with it, but it just it just seems like there's a little bit of dissension in the ranks at this
0: point. So the Riders and the Esks have both played 14 games. Uh, if the Riders beat the Esks on Monday, uh, they're going to clinch a playoff spot, and I, I don't think this surprises anybody. But the Eskimos have scored more points than the Riders this season. Brazilian tie Mm -hmm. I I don't know if you have this in front of you Can you guess how many more points The Eskimos have scored Than the Riders In 14 games? Yes I'm going to say about 150 It's 4 points (laughs) Oh wow (laughs) Wow The Eskimos have scored 371, and the Riders have scored 367. Now, I know a lot yeah, okay, of it is... Okay, okay, mm-hmm.
1: okay. But how many offensive points have they scored?
0: Okay, now, I don't have that number. <laughs> now, I know that the Riders' special teams and defense <laughs> is scoring points as well, but uh, I think a lot have looked at the Eskimo offense as a juggernaut, and, or at least expect mm-hmm. them to be a juggernaut, and it's just not happening. Right now for the Edmonton Eskimos, and it needs to get figured out fast. It has become a little one-dimensional. Yeah, they can't beat too much. They can't be eating too much turkey before they head to Regina on Monday. Mm, turkey. As for those Rough Riders, <laughs> they head to Montreal and win. Oh man, did this game have me <laughs> sweating? Uh, the Riders barely win. Thirty-four. 34- 29, uh, I know everybody's going to say it's Madzel's coming out party, but <laughs> let's get to his stats there. Uh, Saskatchewan yeah. makes it six wins in their past seven games. Zach Caleros has his first 300-yard game. and Finally. As, as, yes, as the Riders can clinch, clinch a playoff spot next week. It's three straight losses for the Montreal Alouettes. Let's talk about... Uh, What players did things for the Owls, because it's not really a long list.
1: It's a very short list.
0: (laughs) Johnny Manziel goes 9 of 16 for 138 yards. He had the two touchdowns and five rushes for 45 yards. Yes, he looked great rushing the ball a few times. He did take a... uh, A bad sack where he lost about 15 yards back there. Uh, I think we've seen that. That's like Brandon Bridge kind of stuff. Uh, You run around back there and lose 15 (laughs) yards. That's not a good thing. And his first touchdown pass, I will admit, was a thing of beauty with what was that? A triple reverse before they finally threw the touchdown to Darius Bowman. Uh, It got very confusing on the radio.
1: Oh, did as it? To who did, <laughs> as to who did what. So I will have to defer to you on
0: this one. Uh, I imagine that it got really uh, confusing on the radio. But Darius Bowman had the one catch, 47 yards. Montreal's leading receiver. So that tells the story for the Mm -hmm. Alouettes, man. Ernest Jackson had three catches for 46 yards and a touchdown, and William Stanback had eight rushes for 31 yards, two catches for 24 yards, and that basically shows if you can't rush up the middle or get anything going on the ground, you're not Mm going to really be able to do anything else. So the Alouettes kept pace with the Rough Riders as far as points on the board go. And that helps when Stefan Logan had himself a punt return touchdown uh, his first in two years. He had 186 return yards altogether in this one. So that helped kept keep things close as well. But uh, let's not get too carried away here. Although Manziel did show some flashes, and I, I think he does continue to improve every week for the Alouettes.
1: I, I didn't think it was possible for a starting quarterback in this league to throw less yards than Matt Nichols did this week, but three guys did it. <laughs> three guys did it. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Um, the, the Ernest Jackson touchdown was what we expected from Johnny Manziel. Yep, exactly. Yep. If it evades the sack scrambles around a little bit makes a play that's what we saw in college that's what we saw with cleveland a little bit that's what i kind of expected i didn't know how long it would take i figured that you know the adjustments he would have to make it would take a while it it did um but he does throw his two t- he gets his first two touchdowns uh, that's a good sign for montreal um if they don't plan on cutting him which i don't think they will now because sherman comes out and says well the the lack of consistency at the quarterback position has been the main reason we haven't won a lot of games this year. It's like, well, yeah, thanks for the update. It's been the reason you guys haven't won games in the last five. Um, he, he didn't look terrible. The offense, though, I mean, not a whole heck to, lot, to write home about. No. Um, but, like, Stephen Logan at 37 years old. It's impressive. Is 40 times the athlete we are. <laughs>
0: Oh, it is absolutely impressive what he's able to do, and for that, on that point, hey, so's John Bowman. Uh, those guys are still playing at a high level. I,
1: I hope I can still walk when I'm 37. <laughs> Gout is gonna get me here soon. <laughs> Gout. <laughs> you know what I had for supper on Friday? What? Just steak. Nothing else. Just just a steak. steak. Just steak.
0: I'll tell you what, man, and your butter and salt thing is starting to become a thing online. We're kind of known for that now. Oh, people are weird, man. <laughs> but I mean, the Montreal offensive line doesn't really give give Madzel much room to succeed. So they, uh, the, they the they don't the instill a lot of
1: confidence.
0: Yeah, the, the Riders defense <laughs> had five sacks from five different mm-hmm. defenders. Yep, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I would say, you know what? And they really they didn't send as much pressure as I thought they would. And Chris Jones even admitted it after the game. Um, they were only doing the old f- rushing three thing. And Manziel caught him late in the <laughs> game by having a big rush. But uh, they they didn't really, you know, throw pressure from all all directions. Like I kind of thought they would. I, I I don't know if they took. Montreal lightly, maybe they did a little bit, um, but I mean, Montreal gets paid too, and this just goes to show how hard it is to win two in a row out -hmm. in the East, and that's why we Mm -hmm. have never seen a West West Grey Cup. Yeah, oh, for sure. Zach Caleros goes 29 of 41 for 394 yards. He had a touchdown and an interception. He had three carries for 10 yards, and he fumbled the ball as well. The two turnovers are worrisome, but mm-hmm. I think maybe these last few games, in Toronto in the first half anyway, could be big uh, towards Caleros' uh, confidence as the season goes on. He, he picked Montreal apart. At times in this game, and especially Mm -hmm. when he needed to, because there were times when, man, it just looked like Montreal had all of the uh, all of the momentum and that last drive in the game where they killed basically three minutes. That's hard to do in the CFL, and that's a big drive uh, for Caleros and the Rough Riders, and this could be really good for his confidence. I mean, he had the nice game against Calgary a few weeks ago. Uh, If he can continue to do this on a consistent basis – Although there was a point in the game where he uh, bounced his head off the turf again. Um, we can't have that too many more times. But Caleros, he seemed okay standing in the pocket and taking hits and still completing passes. So uh, I know it's Montreal, and I know that they they don't have the best pass defense in the league. But no. uh, it definitely is a good sign for Caleros, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, if anything, it'll boost his confidence for sure. Um, you know, the the two turnovers, like you said, are a little worrisome, yeah. uh, you know, especially this time of the year. Stuff like that tends to leak into playoffs uh, if, it, if it keeps happening. It's hard to just, you know, turn that off. It's got to be fixed beforehand. Um, it was nice. Trey Mason you know, staying between the tackles, get killing that clock. Thigpen was able to swing out, uh, catch some yards on, on short passes. They were able to kill that, like you said, last three minutes. Uh, I really thought Montreal was going to come up with a stop at some point. And I was kind of hoping yeah. they did because I took him and pick him, and i, got, I was really confident, <laughs> but <laughs> um he looked like a totally different quarterback compared to the rest of the year, and it was it was it was like finally finally this is this is what we th- thought this was this is the ceiling for Carloss this is what we thought we could get um maybe not three hundred ninety four on a consistent basis, but you know around three hundred with maybe two or three touchdowns and maybe a pick. So there, it is there. It, it, there's still a possibility of it. It's just need to need to be a little more consistent. Um, when's Nick Marshall going to be available on CFL fantasy?
0: Hey, you know what? That 12 points. That 12 points would have looked looked a lot better, uh, even if they put Shut him up. as a running back in my flex than my big fat zero. <laughs> yeah. I had two zeros <laughs> between. Okay, I'm going to say this between my two receivers and my flex, I combined 5.7. <laughs> My two
1: receivers and my flex, 14.3.
0: Yeah, just uh, an absolutely rough fantasy week. And I know it's not mm-hmm. just us, but uh, I think no. Marshall would have had himself about, what, 12 points? 12.3. Yeah, see, that would have been usable. Um, <laughs>
1: how, how is Zach Kolaros less than Brandon Bridge? That I don't get it.
0: Like, who's ever running that website? Needs to be fired, <laughs> Corey McDermott. Uh, <laughs> oh wow, dude! It just it just I, happened. I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> should no, I edit not. this? No. Okay. I, all right. Uh, just Sha- don't open any of. Don't open your mail. <laughs> Shaq Evans has six catches on six targets for 114 yards. Man, that guy makes every catch an adventure. Mm-hmm. He's bobbling oh. it. He's
1: <laughs> Yep, it's like me in flag football.
0: <laughs> Kenny Shaw makes his uh, debut for the Rough Riders. Five catches on seven mm-hmm. targets for 75 yards. But Kyron Moore... It seemed like they were going to him every second play, and it paid off. Nine catches on eleven targets for 126 yards. He had the touchdown. He had 33 return yards, and took a hell of a licking on uh, one mm-hmm. of those punt returns where <laughs> I think somebody just ignored the no yards and just hammered him. <laughs> yeah, and I think
1: that, and uh, you know, manifests itself later in the game where he was wide open. It should have been ten catches. He was wide open about ten to fifteen yards down the field, and heard footsteps, and literally t-rexed and pulled up from a sure catch. And I yelled at my TV. Well, speaking like, of drops,
0: pen had a nasty one in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter where he could have walked into yep. the end zone. He was running before he caught yep. the ball for sure. Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah, and and he he wouldn't even had to run in. He he could have walked to the corner of the yeah. end zone. Like there was nobody there. So there there are some things to be ironed out, but I mean, of course,
0: and it's it's not much of a point of conversation right now, but at the end of the second quarter, Saskatchewan took the ball at about the 40, 45 yard line, and then they run the ball. Mason gets a first down and they're basically at midfield with 28 seconds left and they did not bother trying to go for the field goal. That almost cost them in this game it was yeah, that Chris close. Jones <laughs> it was that close to costing them uh this game with the Montreal Alouettes and it would have meant them getting swept by the worst team in the cFL
1: yeah I'm gonna beat this drum until it happens we know this right well one day you'll be right it, hey a a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs>
0: Brazilian tie is right twice a decade. <laughs> well. Is that generous?
1: <laughs> I haven't, I've never won an argument in any relationship I've been in, so I mean, there's that.
0: <laughs> How have you never won one? Now, I mean, you know, as the male party in said relationship, it's really <laughs> hard to win arguments but mm-hmm. I mean you have mm-hmm. to have a handful. Um
1: I believe the last one I was in she started to cry and I replied with crying is not going to win you this argument. So maybe <laughs> maybe do you count do you count it as a win? I don't know.
0: <laughs> so you need to find a woman with no heart.
1: Yeah, that'd be perfect and I wouldn't even uh, yeah. <laughs> but like as a de- as a good
0: cook though that won't poison me. <laughs> Oh, you've really narrowed it down, my friend. Congratulations. Ah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. By the way, if you go make a deposit at ATB, you can win like 20, 25000 up to $45,000 this month. If I win, just come to me at Grey Cup and say, hey, you know what? I heard that. You can afford to buy me a beer, and I'll buy you a beer. So check out all of the different uh, categories. Only at
1: Spirit of Edmonton, though, not at the other parties where it's 10 bucks a drink.
0: Yeah. Only eight bucks a drink. Uh, Six fifty. <laughs> AlbertaPodcastNetwork dot com. Uh, all kinds of categories there. You're going to find a podcast that uh, tickles your fancy. What is it on Wednesday? The NHL season gets underway. The WHL season is already underway. So check out the hockey podcast. All right, we We've got the fourth line podcast. We've got hockey feels and the fourth line w h l cast you should really check out hockey feels brazilian tie because it's a podcast about hockey makes us feel and as an oiler fan how does hockey make you feel ah! <laughs> <laughs> i have to elk that that's too graphic okay I'll, I'll i'll give you
1: something i'll give you something else i'll give you something else <laughs>
0: Okay, what does it make you feel like? As disappointed
1: as I am in my father figure. Oh As disappointed (laughs) As disappointed as I am in my father figure. Can I adopt you? You're a devil's fan, so no. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy Taylor Hall though. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah. I I hated him from the minute they drafted him, but I mean he's good ish. Heart trophy. I can baby. skate really fast and shoot at the at the goaltender's chest protector too. Though. Oh, can yeah, you? Okay. Oh,
0: can you? Can you win a heart trophy uh, on NHL 19? I can. <laughs> 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 rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, and we'll talk to you Thursday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.